Hello. Hi, Lori. I was wondering who was oh, going to Yes. Where's Rieko? There I am. Four minutes after the hour. Yeah. Shall we pray in? Yeah. I'll pray in. It sounds good. And you pray out. <laughs> if no one else shows up, yes. Okay. Okay, go for it. Taking a deep breath in, placing our hand over our hearts, recognizing the holiest of spirits that are in that's in our lives asking that it be drawn closer to us in this hour, asking that all of the joys and um, sorrows are expressed in this call and that whatever comes up will be blessed and that the light will be shown to anything that is holding us back. So grateful for the time together, so grateful that we are connected by Zoom, connected by Jennifer Headley, and connected, you know, just by the um, ever-presence one spirit. I declare that all is well, all is good, we are all one, and I ask that this conversation and this prayer be shared with everyone in Masterful Living, everyone in A Course in Miracle Study, everyone studying the Spirit of God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you. What is happening with you this week? What is happening with me? Um, yeah, let's see. So I've been, I feel like I've been discovering new ways to, like little ways to be kind to myself more. And to me, that that comes in the form of like acknowledging all the quirky, weird things that I do, <laughs> sometimes annoying things I do, to just be um, acknowledging that as like a call for love from one of my aspects of myself, you know, and just saying like, yeah, I see you, baby, you know, like <laughs> instead of getting frustrated at myself or thinking that something is wrong with me or that I'm not doing well enough or I'm not spiritual enough, any of that stuff. Um, and it makes a huge difference to to take a pause and respond to myself that way instead of just reacting in frustration. Um, like even I was just eating lunch and then I, I bit the inside of my mouth, like, and then it got a little swollen. So then I, it's protruding. So then I bit on it again, you know, and <laughs> little things like that. It's like, oh, okay, all right, it's, I see you, I hear you, like you're, you're throwing a little tantrum and it's all good. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> I, well, the things that I'm noticing this morning about you is I love that you're pausing because I'm, that's one thing that I'm aware of that I want to do more of is to really just pause. We don't have to rush through, do we? And you're not, and it's lovely. Mm -hmm. And for you to say that you pause and then just say, it's okay, you know, and acknowledge the pain in the mouth, it just rubbing it like that, I think is just a great, um, a great way to love yourself. Thank you. 
I think I, I learned that from Jennifer because she sometimes does that in class when she's she'll just pause and say I'm tuning in let me tune in and she'll really like pause and I don't think I'd ever seen anyone do that in in a class or social setting before and and she by demonstration taught me that it's okay to do that and it's okay when somebody else is doing that too like there's nothing awkward about silence and it's only my thoughts about the silence that makes it awkward. So, um, and I notice like more and more people uh, doing it in community calls and sometimes when they're just like tuning in and, and that all like gave me permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also when um, Jennifer takes a pause and says, spirit's telling me to go a different direction. She's really listening that in you know to that spirit calling her and I love that sometimes I I can't about face yeah I'm going a direction I even though I'm like don't feel this direction is the best I don't pause and say wait I'm receiving something else and go the other way so good examples right yeah we're so grateful for that yeah what else are you doing? What else am I doing? Uh, we're going to make a Swiss roll cake. <laughs> just got a conversation. going to go in a totally like non-spiritual direction, but um, um, I'm really enjoying not having a job right now. Like I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, and just taking my time working on this um, illustrated book with my husband's grandmother um, and like, yeah, we're now going to bake, bake a cake and <laughs> wonderful. Life is all good. Um, baking can be spiritual. Yeah. It really can. Um, I've been doing gardening and yesterday was my spiritual gardening day and it, it is beautiful. You can just be with yourself and yeah. I've been working on my inner child, right? And um, I've been working with my inner teenager. And so I saw um, that, and this was yesterday working in the garden with this teenager. And so what I've been doing is I've been afraid of any kind of expression because self-expression because I've always felt like my self-expression becomes threatening and um, mean. Maybe let's say, let's just say it that way. I just, when I have an opinion about something and something's gone awry, I think that I have a lot of judgment about it. So what, so I'm sorry if you can hear my dog in the background, my door is closed. <laughs> They want to participate. Puppies, puppies, yeah. What? Just a second. Put it in here. Put it in here. Shh, 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 Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, and um, and so what I have gone through is I believe that the inner teenager has actually controlled the show when it comes to feelings and emotions throughout, because uh, this week I came. No, no. We came, um, we went to Idaho, my sister and I did, and we were working through the trust and all of the items in the house. Teenager, teenager, teenager. Teenager showed up, teenager showed up. And could I control that teenager? No. So I came and I had a conversation with Debbie Dexter on Thursday and I talked to her about this and I have to repeat week three <laughs> because it's the critical parent that it's working on. And we're working on all of the baggage, the extra baggage that we've put around us. And there's a picture of this. Um, you know, you, you said some you're up in a tower, right? One of your yes, one of my yes. 
you're up in a tower. Well, this one kind of looks like a tower, but your baggage has been built over. So you're surrounded by all this baggage and you need to take a look at each piece of baggage and open it up and talk to the teenage person about what you're carrying. So, um, uh, and so with the baggage, it's very difficult for me to talk to this teenager. She, I feel very, um, I feel like she's very upset and she's a disappointment and that her anger and choices and resentments have uh, blocked a lot of my life because, you know, um, Debbie says you don't bring your teenager into the bedroom. You, I mean, your inner child into the bedroom or into the, into on your job, at your job. And so I see that I, if I'm perfect, if I'm working hard and I'm the adult and I'm going along and everything's fine, I've got full control. But as soon as there's this, somebody's unhappy or somebody's, you know, like my brother, for example, he says he's entitled to everything. And so it puts me on high alert. And I've just noticed that when I'm cut down, like, um, so I'll give you an example of what happened this week. Uh, my brother told my daughter that I was not the woman for her to look up to. That um, she needed to not be in Idaho with me. She needed to be home with her husband. And that if you wanted a woman to look up to, you should go over to his wife's house and let her show her how to be a woman. And um, if you don't think, I had a lot of emotions about that. I was very, very, very angry about that comment. And my daughter, it really upset her. And so everybody got more evidence against the brother and how he's against sharing this, uh, you know, these, this uh, inheritance. So, but what that did for me is it had me go crazy with rage and crazy with how to get control and how to, to express that. So what happened is I did the normal teenage thing that I have did when, since I was 15. I shut up. I saw him one more time. He avoided me. I avoided him. I'm now back in Wyoming and nothing is resolved. But what I can see is I can see that the adult, once I can get a handle on, you know, forgiving the teenager and forgiving, forgiving the, and getting the adult that knows and the Holy Spirit to work within the realm of upset, that I feel like I could, am I making sense? Mm-hmm that I feel like I can um, take on an adult role instead of trying to, I'm going to call and I'm going to tell him what I'm thinking about him. And um, I can have an adult role saying, what can mend this? I want peace. I want love. I am ask Holy Spirit for the peace and the love in all, and that we're all one and all is okay then the adult person can come to the brother and call and say you know this does not make you know I mean like I don't even know how to do it yet but I, that's what I'm working on mm. yeah that's it's an intense isn't it to to receive that kind of direct criticism I guess for lack of a better word um or attack really um yeah you know because I am um I I am I don't stay with my husband 24 7 <laughs> I'm a I'm a independent wife that I travel and my husband has his health problems and he just is so gracious gracious to have me do my thing and um and uh, so the brother is the old, old, old 1600 fashion old that you don't leave your husband. You don't leave, you know, so it's maybe not that I'm a bad person. It's that he's coming from 
well, my father had the same belief. My mother wasn't supposed to leave his side 24-7. They, they're there to serve kind of thing. And if you don't think that brings up so much hostility for me, because I, I feel like I have um, a wool jacket on when somebody says that to me, that women are supposed to do this and are supposed mm-hmm. to be around their husbands 24-7 and be to their, it makes me feel suffocated and um, I want, I and very rage. I have a lot of rage about feeling like I have to do something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, totally can relate to that, yeah. And so it's really, I've been writing, writing, writing um, all morning long about uh, this this teenage person because um, I really need to come to um, consensus because I've got a, the critical parent in me actually really is mad at this teenager. Mm. She cannot stay, she can't be in control. Once she gets out of control, I can't, like right now, um, I, I don't really, I don't, as an adult, the adult person, I don't want to be mad at my brother. I want to be one with my brother. Mm-hmm. As the teenager, I cannot give up my bone. I can't give up this hate, yeah. um, make wrong stuff. So I, I love that at least I can separate it mm-hmm. to, um, at least I can separate the, You know, it's a, a to me, it's a, a 15, 16 year old that cannot say I'm sorry, that mm-hmm. cannot talk to the brother. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I'm thinking. And yeah. it's the adult that needs to comfort the teenager saying, it, it's okay, just like with you, you just, you rub them and you say, you, you know, let me, let me tell you, let's ask spirit and let me, let's go and see how we can either write the brother a letter, let him know how we feel or give him a phone call. But it's been the teenager that has been the driving force in all of my relationships. If they are at all forceful for me, Mm -hmm. demanding of me, Mm -hmm. uh, critical of me. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense that she wants to be in control of that situation, doesn't it? Because those are hurtful experiences in, in her from her perspective. And she has every right to throw a tantrum about all of that. And of course she wants to be heard by you. So she's she's like she wants to control the situation. And I think that the evidence that I see is um we finally got my brother's wife to come over and help us separate mm-hmm. some of the items in the house. Cause we really didn't want it. We wanted him to be there, but he said that he also said that it was disrespectful for us to take anything out of the home. So he doesn't want anything moved off of the shelves. Mm-hmm. So, and so, you know, we're, we're dealing with this because uh, it's, he thinks that it's the relatives and that we're disturbing the relatives. So we finally asked her to come over and she came over. But one of the things that I saw that was really teenagery for me, something that I'm learning that doesn't create what I want. I really called him an effing asshole to his <laughs> wife. And then after I drove away from Idaho and I was on my way home, I'm thinking that does not help Lori. That does not help to call people names mm. and, and it will get back to him and it doesn't, heal anything and so to for me I just saw that again where oh that's the, that's the the re, uh, reactive character mm-hmm. and um, you know and I I want the you know my intention is to be wholly joyous and loving and I'm like so caught up this year with this drama in Idaho because it is all in my face you're not the woman you know your daughter shouldn't even be like you you're not you know everything is I'm entitled to everything because he's a man and all this stuff is being brought up for healing but I but to look at my teenage girl and say 
that is not going to get me what I want. Mm -hmm. But it's been, um, it has been, it has been my driving force for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep reading and in the morning I can be my adult and I read and I read the spirit and we connect, connect, connect. But then when I get the hook And then something's said or done, I get so insecure. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm looking at the baggage that surrounds me and why I think I need to go into the hole, you know, to the, you know, as, as like in the tower and being buried by the baggage. That's how I drive. I get driven back into the hole and I stay there mm-hmm. until something until something needs to be done or said that I can ex- come out yeah. And, yeah, and then go back into the hole because I'm ashamed and mm. I'm sorry that I, you know, said something to mm. call somebody a name because that, mm. that isn't what I want to see happen, but I don't know how else to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, for me, for the longest time, I still sometimes feel this way that there is like, an adult good part of me that wants to love everybody and wants to feel at harmony and peace with everything and knows that like nothing should upset me, should upset me. But then there's another side of me or many aspects of me that get easily triggered by certain things, um, goes on to like ride the same pain train, like could really like explode in some very surprising moments and just like say really mean things to somebody. Um, And it was, it felt like a constant war between the two of like, I'm trying to be so good. And like, you're screwing, (laughs) you're you're ruining everything for me. Right. (laughs) I'm being such a spiritual person. I'm forgiving everything, but you just keep nagging me and like, you just won't change. And like, what do I do with you? And then, and then I'm, now I'm coming to a realization that actually, okay, like even this aspect of myself that I, that frustrated me for so long, like she's so sensitive. She's so easily triggered. She's still like mulling about the same old thing all the time. Like, right. Like all those things, like actually, okay, my, I'm not going to go anywhere by hating her or pushing her away or like trying to, better to change like I'm not going to go anywhere just this is like I don't get anywhere by trying to change my loved ones or like anyone that seems to upset or trigger me like I'm not going to get anywhere my job is to can I still love and accept this part of me that throws a tantrum that throws like all these things at me like doesn't want to like hates everybody <laughs> like has, has judgments about everybody and myself too. And um, can I somehow just say to her, like, okay, you know what? Like, I, I don't want to fight you anymore. Can you? And I don't. And I don't. I'm not asking you to change. You can still be you. You could just keep feeling what you're feeling. You have every right to feel what you're feeling because you're seeing the world a certain way. And of course, from your perspective, you have every right to throw a tantrum. You have every right to be depressed. You have every right to be angry at this person. And I'm just going to say, I love you. And just, even when you make me do things that are very, (laughs) very inconvenient for me. (laughs) And it's, I feel like I'm being shown, like I'm being uh, taught how to love without conditions, as Jennifer was saying. Like, can I love myself even when I'm behaving in a way that I don't like? Can I love myself even when it's trying to sabotage my spiritual growth? Can I love myself even when she's not being a good girl and doing everything I want her to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, see, I come from, go away. Go away. You just, you know, you sabotage, quit it, you know, like that. And and I, um, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> and what do they do when we tell them to go away? They just push back, fight back, come back with a vengeance. Or, yeah, and come go into, you know, like, 
she'll go away. But then really, I become, I'm not whole. I'm not whole when I shut them up. You know, I've got an eight-year-old and a 15-year-old. And when I shut them up, I'm not whole. I'm not aggressive. I uh, don't know what to say or what to do. I'm not listening to myself. Like, I think that that could be one of the keys, too, is what you're saying. I love you. You know, when that happens, when the anger happens or the, the um, want to throw a tantrum happens, I love you. And the pause is something. And the let's bring in the spirit right now and let's just sit together. Yeah. Listen together. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And it's, it's so it's such a different feel from I want you to change, isn't it? Like, or that. I, I need to take back the control from you. It's just, just like, I, I'm not, I don't know what to do with you, but I'm willing to just sit with you. And I think it's so beautiful what you said about how you're not whole without them because we're not like without them, we're not whole because they are a part of us. Yeah. When I, with Masterful Living, when I first found it, it was, um, well, it would be, Coming up three years this December when I was searching for what to do, what to, how to get this completion healing. And, um, and I was so lost because I had mm-hmm. totally given up on this self-expression teenage girl. I didn't know it. I have just found this mm-hmm. out. I mean, I just really think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful um way to get to know ourselves and the reasons why we shut down I just love the the concept but you know so I was so lost and be, you know and and off and on I do still become lost and um and and don't know the right answer mm-hmm. and don't even know how to listen to the Holy Spirit because it's I'm so lost in well okay so I'm mad and I don't tell the person I'm upset. And how do I tell the person I'm upset? And um, I was reading in uh, that peace in every moment is the is what I'm reading with Tikman Han. And then also I was reading in a Course in Miracles today, and it said this is the Course in Miracles. And I, you know, the listeners, if they're going to listen, I've got to, I don't know if they know there's only two of us on this call. <laughs> so I'm just going to present that, that there are only two of us on this call. And so. Yeah, we're not hogging all the time. To ourselves. It says your brother is your enemy because you see in him the rival for your peace, a plunderer who takes his joy from you and leaves you nothing but a black despair so bitter and relentless that there is no hope remaining. Now is vengeance all there is to wish for. Now can you but try to bring him down to lie in death with you as useless as yourself, as little left within his grasping fingers as in yours. Um, You do not offer God your gratitude because your brother is more slave than you, nor could you sanely be enraged if he seems freer. Love makes no comparisons and gratitude can only be sincere if it is joined to love. We offer thanks to God our Father that in us all things will find their freedom. It will never be that some are loosed while others still are bound for who can bargain in the name of love. I just thought that was sounded so much like my week. <laughs> this feeling like your brother's going to get more than you. Mm. He's leading us down in black despair, so bitter and relentless that there's no hope remaining. So to make wrong and to keep on trying to defend, you know, is something that I just see a teenager doing. And, um, you know, and I, I, I got to thinking about 
the teenager as I was growing up, I mean, from the time I was 15 years old, I chose a religion that my dad hated. And he, I just said, dad, in my heart, I know that it's true. And from the, I mean, really from the last year he was alive, he still brought that up. He still said, oh yeah, yeah, right. You know, you know. So any, he threw that in my face and it just, I kept being so 15 around him. And the make wrong and the come home with a migraine and ball for three days because he just wouldn't accept, you know, me, my heart, my newness, my new, you know, like the religion only lasted the year and I didn't, I mean, you know, but he would not, he would not forgive me or let me forget that this was done when I was a teenager. So as I read this and, and I, as I, look at the inner child teenager and as I write about it I notice that possibly my brain is stuck as a teenager because it was so traumatic for me and the decisions that I made really carried through throughout my life you know so the you know I, I want to say the consequences of my choices as I was 15, 16, 17, 18, um, carried a, a burden or that's what I'm interpreting, um, mm-hmm. that last. So the, the baggage, it, it feels so heavy and I don't want any more baggage. So I, so, you know, so it's good. It, it's all good, but I can see where, I might be stuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we look at kids and children and how expressive they are with their emotions or like, I would say not maybe not all of them, but like when they get upset, they scream like on top of their lungs, like really loud. Uh When they're happy, they get really excited and their eyes sparkle and they like jump around and skip around and, and somehow with um, the way our society is, like, we're not really encouraged to do that as an adult, are we? <laughs> and it's not hearted when we get to be around somebody like that. I am. Yeah. I've got some friends that are adorable, adorable, and are so inspirational. Yeah. And I want, you know, but I haven't been able to see why I haven't been able to, I can get there, but I can't maintain it because something's going to hook me. Yeah. And I I think it's all, um, like there's a, there's such a good reason for us to do what we do. Like, even if we don't know it, um, even if we don't like it, like if, if we have trouble expressing ourselves in front of somebody there, there's a really good reason for that. We don't, we don't know why, but maybe it's that we don't feel safe in front of them. Maybe we feel uh, we're scared of being judged. Maybe something bad happened the last time we did it or whatever it is. But um, I have to be factual. Mm. Raised that it has to be factual. So if I'm telling you, oh, you know, New York has 10 million people and it's like 12 million now, then I am really, really embarrassed by not being factual. So that's one thing that comes up for me, the the know-it-all or the I know this, and Mm -hmm. that that trips me up. So that um, you feel embarrassed to... Not be factual, be factual. To not be factual, so I tend not to be, I don't, I don't state facts. Oh, I see what you're saying. They have to be proven. I mean, one time my dad and I, I was telling my dad something, it was child psychology, and I was principal of the elementary school that I was at, and he, he did not believe me. He, he didn't believe anything. He didn't believe any, I mean, that I know of, I don't remember him ever believing, believing me. He always had that 
and maybe it was just my listening for myself. But anyway, I said, Dad, how can I lead a school and a community if I can't get my own father to believe me? It just was that impactful. That's how it came up for me. And so um, uh, that's that's where I, I – and then so I, I uh, was there for six years. And then – but what I'm saying is – I had I disappeared from a lot of conversations because I it, to me sometimes it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be twelve million five hundred and fifty thousand it doesn't have to be one hundred percent factual it's just a conversation but I have been in a family where they completely critique every word, everything. English, if I was incorrect on my English, I would get the, you didn't put the L-E, L-Y at the end. Even if I was upset, making a, I'm, I'm so upset. You didn't put the L-E, L-Y at the end. Or I would say the word pokey for Pocatello. It is Pocatello. So everything that came out of my mouth was critiqued. So I still have a critiquey person inside. Yeah. Totally understand that. <laughs> you sound like yeah. you get that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who would want to express themselves if, like, they're met with that kind of surveillance, you know? And, and I yeah. feel like my relationship with my brother and sister are still very critiqued. Everything that comes out of my mouth, blah, blah, it's always, something's always counter, counter, oppose, you know, opposing or something that says wrong, 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 wrong. And I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I just, I, it, I, it's that, but it just brings out that teenager uh, every time. Yeah. Rightfully so. The defensive, the sensitive, the upset the shutdown the yeah want to run away the not good enough yeah yeah but it, it's good I mean I'm really glad to see it in a different way because I've been masterful living for a long time and I still have gotten caught especially this year with my dad it has really caught me off guard mm -hmm. And my, my listening says, as soon as we get this divided, I'm getting the hell out of Idaho. I'm mm -hmm. never going back. That's, mm -hmm. that's the, the teenage, whoever is talking is saying that is what's going to happen. And the, the, the spirit, the oneness of life is saying, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I say no I'm not sure but it feels better to say I am so over this yeah. so yeah. Mm -hmm. and what does your teenager want what is her heart's desire Um, to be heard, to yeah. be loved, yeah. to, to be safe, yeah. to be trusted. Yeah. And to trust, to be taught how to trust. And I just feel like I'll just keep working on it because I feel like if I do get out of Idaho forever, still got the same problem. Mm. And that's my, me, <laughs> my, my inner teenager. Mm -hmm. you know? But I think that the hardest thing for me is when you treat me like, I'm not saying something truthful. I don't like mm -hmm. that. It really brings up things for me. Mm -hmm. And my brother 
doesn't believe anything my sister and I are doing or saying right now. Reese's does that. And then to be thought of as not a woman, to be a model, to have a model if that's. Yeah. So it's good to work on. It's a really good, it's, it's really good to just, I mean, isn't spirit just like pounding the drums to me? Say, here, listen, love, love. Say, say it, Lori, say it. I love Lori. I love you. I love you, eight-year-old. I love you, 15-year-old. I love you, adult. I love you, Scott. I love you, you know. Come yeah. on. And then the, the teenager's like, I'm never going to say I love you. <laughs> I'm never going to say it. Yeah. Say sorry. No, I'm never going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to say I'm wrong because I know what I, what's in my heart. Yeah. That's kind of what is going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also remembering at the same time what you shared with us about your son and how you heard him out in such a loving way without internalizing any of his grievances. So and to hear it. I yeah. And, and that tells me that there's already a part of you that that are capable of doing that and it really sounds like it's a matter of time before all these triggers will like help you like strengthen your heart muscle to the point where it's not going to bother you anymore Again, I'm re having to repeat lesson week three <laughs> with the inner child. <laughs> yeah. What What is the week three? It's um, a critical parent. It's a, a booklet that what life situations stimulate you to feel upset, anxious, unhappy, angry, releasing inner child baggage. So here's, I'm going to show you a picture because here's what the castle looks like. That's where you baggage. Okay. It's like a tower of. Uh, yeah. Like a tower. See the little girl inside. Uh-huh. Putting, taking out the baggage. I see. Okay. And so that's the release of the inner child baggage, recognizing and healing self-destructive thoughts. Mm. Kind of cool. Um, it says, avoid the temptation to judge the baggage. Instead, enjoy the fact that you made the discovery and brought it to conscious awareness. And the, the me is the adult. So you always concentrate on me, myself, and I. Me is the adult, myself is the inner child, and I is inner wisdom. Mm. And then practice the word fly. First, love you. F-L-Y. And take back my power, and we are the adult. It is safe for me to be happy, healthy and powerful and abundant in all areas of my life. So like that. Mm -hmm. that um, and the critical, but whoa, you know, and, and I'm sure that uh, as you're listening, you could say, ah, Lori, don't be like your dad. Cause you're sounding like you're like your dad to your teenager. I'm like, I know. I am. I know. So critical, <laughs> critical parent. Just, um, I'm just really glad to be on this journey with you, Rachel. Me too. Me too. And thank you for listening to all of that. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I hope there's things that is helpful to you as well. Oh, it's such a it's. 
I love talking about the inner child work. It's, it's really helped me deepen my understanding of myself and forgiveness and all of that. And to me, it's such a kind, gentle, compassionate way to, to undo the ego, um, to meet it with love and understanding instead of trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and I would think that we built our ego with all of these past experiences. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, the eight-year-old, my eight-year-old child would have developed an ego opinion about certain things. Yeah. My inner teenager would have built evidence probably for the ego. Yeah. And then if we just keep reacting as um, the acting as that, the ego judgments, you know, all of the things that we're, I'm told in A Course of Miracles and in Masterful Living, you know, no, do not judge and forgive mm-hmm. and love and ask for what you want and harmony. All of that encompasses everything that my teenager wanted in the first place. Yeah. And that's why what was driving all of my choices. That's good to know. I'm glad to, it's good. Yeah. Because it was, it was driving me. It was like, I, I can, I can do this better. I, I don't have to, my parents fought a lot. So it was like, I don't have to fight. My dad controlled everything the, that we did. And so it was like, I don't have to be controlled. And, you know, and, um, and I wanted only love. I just, I'd be playing the piano. And the rule was when the piano, when he walked in the door, I had to stop playing the piano. And it was a rule. He didn't want to hear one key. Now, it hurt, and I stopped playing. I only played when he wasn't home at forevermore. But I only wanted love. I wanted, I would practice and would want love. I, you know, the love that I would want is just to have him sit down, like, maybe once a week and say, play me what you've been playing this week. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... I probably could have gotten there if I would have had a voice. I could have asked for that. But I was so angry at having to not ever play the piano when he was home, you know? Yeah. And I just, that's what I see as this, uh, with everything that's going on in my life is I want my adult and I want the Holy Spirit to be able to have a voice to say without emotion, of course. I mean, like, it seems like anytime I express myself, I've got to cry. And I don't, I want to be able to say, Rieko, on Fridays, would you listen to me play the piano? Because I'd love, I practice hard and I'd love to ha- just, I'd love to just love you through my piano, you know? And, and, I know that my dad would have done that if he only would have, if I only would have asked. And I guess that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. Say it, ask me. Just ask me. Yeah. And I don't know what my brother wants, but I'll bet you if I could get my adult boys and know that I was safe, that I could say something that could matter or do something that could matter instead of the the hate and the discontent that has been created over the last year. So that's what I want is I want to see what the baggage is. And to to discover it together, why the baggage? 
so that when there's a piece of baggage that's dropped off at my door, like I'm not the woman that my daughter should be, that I can open up that luggage, baggage, and and just, that isn't my bag. It doesn't have my name on it. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, I opened it. And then just give it back to me. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'll be doing this week is opening up all these bags that <laughs> are surrounding me. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Well, thank you, Reiko. You are such a good listener. And I, I know that I loved it. I got really, um, oh, I want to say the word attached to you when you were saying about your cute little, uh, how, you, how you had your inner children, their, your names. And <laughs> tell me your names again. Oh, um, let's see. There's the, <laughs> there's the perfectionist. There's the doomsday princess. <laughs> yeah. uh, the darkness eater. The hungry monster. And um, there's a fifth one, which I think is might be the same personality as the perfectionist, but she's the self-saboteur. Like, she's the spokesperson for compulsive, obsessive, self-medicated behavior. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I guess I could also call her the pain manager. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> That is so cute. And so, yeah. so I appreciate this conversation um, because I, I knew that you've been studying it, that you've looked into this inner child. And, um, and I know that it's really been important for me. This, I'm just so grateful for Dina to just be able to just let me know that there was this, this was available. Yeah because there's other parts of me that I just have not understood. And I can't, you know, even really the, I, uh, there's a part of this program that has a meditation to it. And it's about, um, say 25 minutes. So I can't, most of the time I, you know, it says to go and sit with your inner child and visit and tell them and with, the eight-year-old, that was so easy. And I came up with, yeah, mom and dad were trying to help me. They, were, they didn't understand. And then the teenager, mm-mm. Mm -hmm. Because it just seemed like I could. So that's where it's been difficult, this meditation is. Because yeah. it's like, mm-mm, nope. You know, I'll say, no, wait, we'll t work this out together. And I just didn't like this teenager's like, yeah, how are you going to do that, you know? Yeah. Really interesting. Too. Yeah. But the, I think the writing, I really was writing a lot this morning. And I, I think that's one of the keys of, of um, uh, you know, I just, I, I was just such a know-it-all when I was a teenager. And I'll bet you all teenagers <laughs> Most all teenagers are the same way where they think they have the answers. And so when life didn't work out perfectly and I had to become that perfectionist, then I'm just like questioning whether my I know it really works. So when I have the Holy Spirit that puts it on my heart, is it for real? So that's my, that is the journey that I'm on now. And not that I'm not questioning the spirit. I'm not, I'm just questioning if when I get that calling you know, on my heart, is it the teenage trying to talk me into something or is mm -hmm. it spirit saying this direction? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why they say, you know, call in love, the spiritual qualities, call in these spiritual qualities because it, it, that 
the writings probably already know will try to go there. We'll try to go to disbelief. And so we call on things that are, you know, that are the spiritual qualities, which I love when I go through the, them. I love to say abundance and harmony and, and love and, and peace and love that. Yeah. Any, anything that you, is coming up for you? Um, yeah, here's the self-judgment that I am always talking about the same challenge. <laughs> Tell me the same. It really is like, um, things happening to my body, like really like seem to trigger me, but like I'm, I'm working with them in a much more um, gentle and compassionate way. And like I was saying with like biting my lips and <laughs> biting the, in, like the inner core of my cheek, like I can now see everything as like a call for love from me and like an opportunity to know my own perfection that is not dependent on what my hands look like or all that. Um, And so, yeah, right now, like my, the, the top of my right eye feels like swollen and puffy. And <laughs> there's just been like all these weird mystery symptoms that are like, um, what is this about? I have no idea. And the God box has been so helpful to just like write it down and just like put it away and know that physically I've given it over and it's not for me to worry about. Um, and in like a different circumstance, I probably would just like go to the doctor right away. But I, um, for whatever reason at that currently, um, I haven't really been led to, uh, a doctor that I would like to go see. So, so I've also been praying about that. And I don't know. I, when I start talking about this, I, I find my mind just start to uh, um, harden and go into a knot a little bit. Is it something that you want to let go of? Yeah, I, I absolutely, and I think. Um, but then you were worried about not letting go, but maybe. Yeah, I think what worries, what my mind likes to go is like. So there's a part of me that really knows that all these like freak mystery symptoms are directly related to all the um, emotional and mental spiritual clearing that we were all doing like in the one mind too, like not just me personally, but everybody in our community and beyond, like all the planetary level clearing that's happening. It's all like manifesting, like whatever's happening in the earth is not personal. And so, so is our, and none of the things that are happening in anybody's body is personal either. If we think about it, it's kind of like what's happening to the planet. Like, there's a volcano eruption and then my skin's inflamed. It's like the same thing. Um, but it's been such an interesting thing to observe how the mind really likes to take it personally, make it really personal and make very specific meanings out of it that um, see it as a punishment or see it as something I could have prevented or seeing it as, you know, all those things. So, um, I was working with a counselor the other day and she said something so eye-opening, which is that like, I'm just taking this teacher with me 24 seven that constantly reminds me to like be in my sane mind, <laughs> you know, and just say like, are you a body Rieko? Like is your worth dependent on what this hand looks like today? Like, no, just remember that, you know? Yeah. Um, but to me, like, you said that your family challenge is like in your face all the time. Like to me, this is the in my face challenge. <laughs> that just, 
I've had so many amazing, miraculous realizations about it, like moments of such genuinely, like great feeling so genuinely grateful for my body and all it has helped me teach and all it, all the people it led me to meet. Like I would have never been a masterful living if I hadn't this, if I didn't have this challenge. Like, and then like next day I would just be triggered by the same thing. <laughs> and that's the, that's that like, that willingness, that patience, that, um, knowing that there's still a part of me somewhere deep inside of my subconscious that has no interest in being healed, has no interest in being whole, has no interest in like love, like, and instead of being so frustrated at this part of me and wanting to get rid of it, can I really just turn to it and like sit with it and just even from a distance say to it, like, okay, I, I see you. I see that you have, you don't want anything to do with anything that I think I want. Like you, you're not interested in joining with people. You're not interested in healing. You're not interested in God. Like you really just have no interest in like things that I really deeply desire. And I don't know why, but I'm willing to just sit with you. And even if I'm not going to ask you to change anymore, I'm just I'm not going to ask you to go away. I'm just going to sit with you. Cause I think that's what love does. Like just mm-hmm. unconditional acceptance like holding very tenderly, just you're just perfect exactly as you are. I don't care about all the spiritual pretenses, like what's good, what's bad. Like you are there for a reason. You have very good reason to believe what you're believing, to do what you're doing. Even if I don't like it, (laughs) you know? So can I take that pause and sit with that? Good, good, good. That's that pause. Let's practice the pause. This yeah. Time. Okay. Yeah. Just be with it. Sit with it. Yeah. Just like I need to sit with my teenager. Yeah. And I'll I'll look at it like you, you know, where if your hand doesn't look the same or whatever you were describing, then you be with it. Sit with yeah. It. And I'll, I'll do the same with my child. But I, what I think I came up with is to visualize my dad sitting there in my piano room, listening to my piano. Yeah. And I can do the same thing with my teenage listening. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Mm. That's where, you know, I got... I got that. I, as a teenager, I felt like I had so many gifts. And I was so um, shut down for my gifts. Smart, I played the piano, I was spiritual, I wanted, you know, I wanted everybody to get along, I wanted to love in the family and wanted to I learned to listen and to you know all this stuff and and um oh well thank you for letting me realize that Rico because I can see that I just I had so many different things about being a teenager that was bad Mm. now I just saw (laughs) I saw the the love and the good just by expressing that just now yeah. Because, wow, that was a good thing. <laughs> Woo! I just, I just was with my teenager. And I yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. She has so many gifts to share with you, not just, not just her hurts or wounds, but, yeah. what she wants to express might be so much more than just her anger or frustration or sadness. There might be a whole other side to her that you just described, the love of self-expression and, yeah. That feels better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she has two sides. Woohoo! 
so the the damsel on the tower, what she called? Oh, uh, Doomsday Princess. Doomsday Princess. I actually have a creative somebody that I forgot about. Mm. Loving. Okay. I'll, I'm going to, I want to name mine. <laughs> Got to name them. It sounds fun. That's what I'm going to do is yes. how I can name them too. Oh, yeah. Well, should I pray to that? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. All right. Oh, let's just take a deep breath together. And so much gratitude for our conversation, for this divinely orchestrated call to spirit, our highest self, for guiding us to be here today together, joining, gathering as the two or more. We're grateful for this healing, nourishing dialogue that took place. We're so grateful to be able to see ourselves, every aspect of ourselves, our inner children with love and compassion and understanding. We're willing to place on the holy altar our entire spiritual journey, our timing, of awakening our insights, miracles, all of our heart's desires. We're willing to trust that Spirit's got got us, Spirit's got our back, and that we don't have to worry about where we are now, where we want to be, how we should be feeling, what we should be thinking, all the shows, the woes, the could-haves we place on the altar. We're happy to just take this pause and to just sit with ourselves. Nothing to do, nowhere to be, just just being the love, the light, and the pure consciousness, pure awareness that we are. That's all that's needed to remember the truth and to feel the peace in our heart. We're willing to love ourselves free. We're willing to extend this love, compassion, and understanding to every brother and sister. We're grateful for all of our teachers in this lifetime who who we've asked to push our buttons in very specific ways, and they're doing such an amazing job. Thank you. We're grateful for all the ways that our life, the people in our lives, ourselves are calling us for love, asking us to see differently, asking us to extend love, giving us opportunities to heal, to love, to to know ourselves. And with so much gratitude, we share the benefits of this conversation, our healing with all because we're one. And with so much gratitude, we bless everyone who will be listening to this call. We bless ourselves. We bless the Power of Love Ministry, Jennifer, the Masterful Living Community. Knowing that all is blessed, all is perfect, and so it is. Amen. 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 It was beautiful. Thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you, Laurie. It was a pleasure. Yes. Okay. Have a good week.